It's a mom thing. We get wrapped up in our kids' needs because we enjoy helping them. We want to do the best for our kids, and sometimes we want to give them what we didn't have. So we work overtime. But we don't call it overtime. We call it motherhood. We unintentionally set our interests, our needs, and ourselves aside for the greater good, our family, or so we believe. When I asked a mom to tell me about herself, she shared her roles with me. Mom, sister, wife, daughter, friend. But what was her homeschool mom personal vision? P.S. If you think you're the one I'm speaking about, probably you're not because there is more than one of you speaking to me about this exact topic. Girlfriend, this is a common refrain. So in today's episode, I delve into the crucial aspects of developing your personal vision by learning boundary setting, maintaining self-discovery, self-awareness practices, and self-care moments. I want to help you not only thrive in your homeschool mom role, but also to nurture yourself, to nurture the nurturer. Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich, the homeschool mentor and certified life coach at www.capturingthecharmedlife.com. If you're a homeschool mom looking to reimagine your homeschool life, then this is the podcast for you. Before I share how to create a personal vision for homeschool mom for you, I want to ask you five questions, so grab your journal. First question, what do your boundaries look like? And what signs or situations trigger your awareness of these boundary challenges? Second question, what are some self-care activities or rituals that you found to rejuvenate you or are even essential for maintaining your well-being? Third question, what methods or techniques have you discovered for creating or safeguarding pockets of alone time in your demanding life? Fourth question. Reflecting on your community and your connection opportunities, how has connecting with other homeschool moms enriched your life? And fifth question. Are you actively exploring and incorporating your strengths, interests, curiosities, and aptitudes into your daily life to offer you a life beyond your mother role? If I sped through those questions too quickly, you're welcome to head over to capturingthecharmedlife.com, my website, and look under the search bar for this podcast episode title, Five Creative Ways to Design a Homeschool Mom Personal Vision. This is my story about developing a homeschool mom personal vision. Recently, like the last couple months, I've been transitioning into something different. This different is a rite of passage for every mom. Just weeks ago, I settled my third daughter, Rachel, into college across the country. Then we prepped for Zach for his first year high school. He's our youngest of four kids. These weeks have been anything but familiar and anything but comfortable. It's a transition. I can feel it, but, but a transition into what? 
I could wax and wane about his experience here, but I'll give him time to process and not share his experience without permission, and I'll share mine instead. Since our first daughter entered her high school years, things have gone fast, like so fast. One kiddo graduates, and that feels monumental, because it is. It's so big. It's so hard. It's so sad. It's so good. It's so exciting. It's so different. But then our high school kids get part-time jobs, and they continue with their academics. There's more friend activities, and then that's it. They are busy, and they're moving like a bullet toward their adult lives. A bullet train into independence. And I'm back here trying not to insert myself when it's not invited. That has been a lesson I have learned over the course of time, and I'm getting better with each kiddo. And it is so darn hard. Because yesterday they needed my hand to cross the street or needed me to drive them to work. Or so it feels. There is nothing comfortable or familiar about this stage of motherhood. But still, I'm cheering from the sidelines, always available for a phone call at the hard moments, sending good mornings by text, even though it's good afternoon in their time zones. I'm still willing to edit papers, watching them grow up in fits and starts. I'm not used to this little driving time, fewer kid conflicts, or this much quiet. <laughs> I know that seems hard to believe, because I thought it would never end, and... It's not ended, but wow, it's so different. I have most definitely put in my mothering time and got to watch these beautiful souls find their thing and understand more clearly what their path is. But can I say it again? It's also weird. I'm over here leaning into weird. There's less driving and more wondering what my life will be like after Zach is gone. Maybe he'll be the one who rents the basement suite. You know, a mom has got a dream. Or at least stay in my time zone. On this week's podcast episode, I discuss how to nurture a homeschool mom's personal vision. So what are you doing to develop yourself? If you're really not sure who you are outside your mother role, and you'd like to explore how to lean into the you outside your mother role, I'm here. You can book a conversation to discuss that with me. Now, as I see it from my vantage point, but when creating a homeschool mom vision or a personal vision for you, for your life, there's five things to consider. One is your boundary awareness, your boundary building, your communication approach. Two is what are your self-care or wellness rituals? Three you need to create and protect alone time. Four, you need to build community and connection. And five, you need to incorporate self-discovery time. Okay, so the first thing to consider is this. What do your boundaries look like? Boundaries help you know what you want. They give you the impetus to create a space to listen to yourself and help you determine how you want to show up in your relationships. So how did you answer the question, what do your boundaries look like? And what signs or situations trigger your awareness of these challenges? 
effective communication of your needs and your expectations will increase harmony in your family and help you create space for yourself. You want to know my story? (laughs) How much time do you have? (laughs) Girlfriend, I learned this discussion of boundaries the good old-fashioned way. Pre-2004, I may have heard the word boundaries, but I categorically did not have them. If you define the word boundary as where I end and where you begin, I certainly didn't know boundaries because my goal was to make you happy. Even if I didn't always, of course, but that was my goal. That was my reason for being. And approaching life and relationships and myself in this way was definitely not honoring me. And I'd find out later, it didn't help those around me either. How can you incorporate boundaries in your homeschool life? There's a reason I do a building boundaries group coaching program around pre-Christmas season or holiday season for a reason. But here are six ways you can incorporate boundaries into your homeschool family life. The first is to have family meetings where everyone can have an opportunity to express their thoughts and concerns. Everyone, even the almost incoherent members of your family, like the really, really young kiddos. But most importantly, your thoughts and concerns are shared in that family meeting too. I liked having that discussion during morning circle time. When the kids got older, I didn't call it morning circle. I called it like morning meeting or something. The goal is, well, every family member can share what they're hoping to do each day and voice any needs or requests. They didn't always, but there was a space or an opportunity to have that conversation. Create a safe and non-judgmental space for open dialogue. Yeah, that's tricky because we tend to jump on certain things and hear things in a way that could either be criticizing of ourselves or somehow suggestive that we're not doing something for them. And I certainly know that experience, but I also know that you work, you actually lean in to listening to what they're saying for the reasons they're saying it. Then share your expectations and needs. This is a collaborative approach, one that listens to their feelings and needs and one that listens to your feelings and needs or your expectations and needs. It helps you and them take ownership of their voices, their feelings, and their needs. The second way you can incorporate boundaries in your homeschool family life is to establish clear and consistent communication within your family. Oh girl, easier to write than say, I know it. But you can use tools like maybe a shared color-coded family calendar or a family text thread to keep everyone informed about extracurriculars, driving needs, activity schedules. Of course, this is for kids that are older. That helps to reduce misunderstandings and conflicts. Helps, doesn't always prevent, but helps. And remember from last week's episode, make sure to create margins for all your activities. When I shared this point uh, of the episode last week with my husband, he giggled. (laughs) Margins, you say? Yes, margins. I have been learning margins over the last few years. You got to listen to that episode. 
The third thing that I'd say about incorporating boundaries in your homeschool family life is to schedule a time with a therapist or a relationship coach if you have boundary challenges with your partner. It is easier on your pocketbook to spend money on therapy for you and your partner than it is to afford a divorce. But if you're in a relationship you want, so if you're in a relationship you want and your partner is too, but you know you have relationship challenges, there's no time like the present to address those boundary challenges. So schedule a time with a relationship coach or a therapist. Fourth, clearly define your personal boundaries to yourself and then communicate them to your family. You need to know what your boundaries are. Are you wanting boundaries around your homeschool planning time? or around your self-care time or some other personal activity. You need to articulate those needs and boundaries. Get clear yourself what you need or want. When you do this, you're really empowering your family to unconsciously support you. They may not even know that they're doing it, but I'll tell you, you are doing it for you when you say, these are the things I need. Oh, by the way, you're also teaching them how to optimize the relationships for the future, too. The fifth thing you can do to build boundaries or incorporate boundaries in your homeschool family life is to improve your communication. First, you want to decide how you want to show up, which means sometimes we have to do a deep dive into how we don't want to show up in our homeschool family life. If you're challenged with losing your temper when you're in a particular scenario, or you feel like there's a communication gap between you and a kiddo, set aside time to determine how you're going to engage it. Because this doesn't need to be Groundhog Day. These things will happen again. It's not a one-off moment. You know it, I know it. The goal is to develop self-awareness activities like journaling or meditation or practicing a pause when you're having a big emotional experience or mindful moments. Your goal is to build self-awareness strategies into your days so you can learn more about you, learn how you prefer to relate, learn why you're relating the way you are, and clarify your intentions in communicating with your child or with whoever so you can understand why you're feeling And the sixth thing that I would encourage you to do if you want to incorporate boundaries in your homeschool family is to decide how you're going to engage conflict. Self-awareness helps you identify your triggers or your emotional responses and others. Understanding your family members' personalities helps you to anticipate conflicts. So you can use strategies to address them constructively, increase the harmony in your homeschool family. If I were to suggest any one book to address your family conflict, it would be Marshall Rosenberg's Nonviolent Communication. What a book. If you're not a reader, you can head over to YouTube and type his name in and learn from him there. He was a hostage negotiator that helped to dispel conflict in the Middle East. If he can do that, he can help you in your family too. He certainly helped me in mine. Building boundaries and knowing what you want 
gives you the impetus to create space to listen to yourself. Helps you determine how you want to show up in your relationships. This is your first step to building your personal vision for your life. If you want to learn more about building boundaries in your life, I offer a few podcast episodes and articles to learn more. There's a podcast episode called How to Develop Boundaries in Your Homeschool Life. I offer a Build Your Boundaries journaling workbook. How to Become More You as a Homeschool Mama. Practical and Useful Steps to Boundaries in Your Homeschool. And Seven Ways to Find Quiet, Build Boundaries, and Handle Overwhelm. The second way to create a personal vision for you is to build self-care activities into your life. If you don't want to call it self-care, call it wellness. Your goal is to honor your human beingness. If no one has told you, homeschool mama, you are a human too. How did you answer the question, what are some self-care activities or rituals you found that are essential for maintaining your well-being? Creating space for you, no matter what activity you choose, will give you the emotional and physical bandwidth to do this homeschool thing. It'll help you feel energized and fueled. Will it happen perfectly? Definitely not. Here's my story. This concept, honoring my self-care needs and my boundaries, went hand in glove in my life. When I recognized where I began and where I ended, I could see that I needed to be taken care of too. Girlfriend, there's a reason you're listening to a podcast on self-care for homeschool mamas, because when I decided to write a book for homeschool moms, I had three options as I saw it. I could write about world schooling, because we did that a lot. Self-directed learning, because I'm passionate about it. And self-care, because I learned the good old-fashioned way that I needed it. And I knew from experience that me taking care of myself was not my strong point. And it also wasn't a strong point of many homeschool moms around me. I learned a whole lot of things the hard way, and my story was worth sharing. I got a lot of stories. In fact, if you're coaching with me, you'll discover I have stories upon stories upon stories. And that's my favorite place to share them. But I love sharing or offering tools for other homeschool moms so that they can build in wellness strategies too. And that's why I'm still here. Here's three self-care activities that you might want to consider if you haven't already. The first is creating a morning mindfulness practice. If you start your day with just a few minutes of mindfulness, breathing activities or meditation, even if it's just five minutes before you lift your head from the bed or turn on a YouTube meditation after your baby's finished nursing, it will help ground you for the day. You focus on your breathing. You set positive intentions or a positive intention for the day. If you want, you can write your gratitudes in a journal or write your thoughts or feelings. Every effort in this realm contributes to your overall wellness and helps you stay grounded. The second self-care strategy is to incorporate regular me time. Whether it's reading, taking a bath, knitting, reading a poem, glancing at an impressionism art book, clearly this is from my self-care repertoire, 
or going for a walk, doing something you love for just 15 minutes, just 15 minutes every day. Or if your kids are really young, 15 minutes a week will replenish your energy and nurture your personal interests for the long run. The third self-care activity I'd suggest is to connect with a support network. Connect with other homeschool parents, whether it's online with me or in person. Share your experiences authentically. This emotional support, even if people don't see the world the same way you do, brings a sense of camaraderie, keeping you from feeling isolated. Twice this past week, I had an online conversation and an in-person conversation about the loneliness of the homeschool mom life. So if that is you, it doesn't have to be you, because I offer a support group for homeschool moms, and it is most definitely authentic and supportive. Self-care rituals, I think, are essential for recharging your energy and maintaining your well-being. As you might imagine, I have written and spoken about self-care in so many different ways and in so many different venues. The very first offering I shared in the Homeschool Mom community is a retreat, which will be coming up soon, the Homeschool Mom Fall Retreat. It's virtual and it's refreshing. I obviously wrote a book called Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer. That is the beginning of my entire presence online. You can read a post called Seven Ways to Live Your Best Life, Self-Care for Homeschool Moms. Or check out the YouTube channel, the Homeschool Mom Wellness and Mindset channel. Or come on over to Facebook. We've got a Homeschool Mama support group there too. Coming soon to the Homeschool Mama support group on Facebook, I'm going to be offering a five-day wellness challenge. It's going to be so much fun. So come over there and join me. The third thing you need to do to create a homeschool mom personal vision is to create a separate space for you so you can think your thoughts and spend time with you. So how did you answer the question? What methods have you discovered for creating or safeguarding pockets of alone time in your life? Spending time with yourself is hard to do because it's hard to find the time because you can't find the time. <laughs> Why? Because it doesn't exist. You have to make that time. As a new homeschool mom, and even a new mama who didn't homeschool, I was sufficiently overwhelmed as I had a high need for quiet and orderliness and harmony to feel safe in my internal world. Though my kids weren't especially loud compared to others that I'd seen, I absorbed their emotional energy as though I were breathing their air. So I needed space away at times. You too? Well, I feel you. I want that for you. So let's look at how you can find that. Here's four ways that you could safeguard pockets of alone time in your busy homeschool schedule. The first is obviously to create a structured schedule or routine that designates alone time. Depending on how old your kids are, you could communicate these times to your family so they understand that you need solitude. They might not get it if they're little, but you can keep saying it until they do. You might need to teach your kids that you actually really mean it though, that you really do need quiet time, that you don't want to be interrupted behind a closed door. 
This might take some time, but it can be done if you really mean it. Use these moments for activities to recharge you, even if it's just 15 minutes. So do something, slip something underneath your chair in the corner, something you want to read, or maybe a meditation on your phone, or maybe you're perusing Pinterest like I did with a box of cookies stashed under my chair. <laughs> I've given up the stash of cookies. I do have a Pinterest channel that I upload things to now, and I don't spend a ton of time looking at Pinterest myself, but I still just the visual images were pleasurable to me. Oh, and you can also create quiet times with your kids each afternoon where you spend maybe half an hour or an hour in the same room, enjoying something quietly with music playing, cup of hot tea and maybe a fire blazing if you have that opportunity. Maybe you can get them accustomed to a little time in their rooms on their own. Maybe you pull out an activity that's just designed for their rooms and a quiet time each afternoon. The second thing I would suggest is you could use those naps in quiet time to just carve alone time for yourself. Now, I know that if you have too many kids, this is just not a thing. There's just too many kids coming around asking you questions or needing something from you. But if you have an opportunity to use a nap or a quiet time, do so. And I'm going to say something you're not always going to hear. However, here's what I'd say. If that means during that quiet nap time, you want to clean something because it helps clear cobwebs from your mind and decreases your stress, then by all means, clean something. But note, I've been living this family life thing for 24 years now, and I've learned you are always going to have something to clean. But if it helps you clear the cobwebs, by all means, clean something. The third thought that I'd share is that sometimes you want to trade off with a co-parent or a support system or friends. In other words, once a week, you could send your kids over to a friend's house or you could take all of their kids and have a play date over at your house. That makes sure that you get dedicated alone time. And it might even mean you get alone time in your home, an extra special treat for some of us. And the fourth thought I have is to, as I say, just leave <laughs> if your kids are anywhere in sight. You are hardwired to be thinking of them and responding to them. Sometimes you just need to be separate. So find a cubicle at a library, park your car in front of an amusement park, take a coffee to the bookshop, or sit in a cafe by yourself. But leave the house. To do nothing but be by yourself. When we create those pockets of alone time, we recharge and it'll help us maintain our lifeline over the course of our homeschool life. And some, some people aren't homeschooling that long, but some of us are. So do what you can to carve out alone time. I discuss these thoughts more in a few posts on my website. One's called Cracking the Loneliness Code, How to Find Homeschool Community. Seven Homeschool Mom Conversations for Confidence, Clarity, and Vision. Homeschool Mama Find Your Thing. And 10 Simple Steps to the Homeschool Life and Live in It on Purpose. The fourth way to create a personal vision is to create connections with other homeschool moms and learn from them. 
How did you answer the question, how has connecting with other homeschool moms enriched your homeschool life experience? Sharing the homeschool mom life alongside other women has helped me clarify who I am and who I'm not. It's helped me understand that I'm not alone. We all have common threads in our mom lives. Other women's stories have helped shape my own story. I'll celebrate everyone along my journey for being uniquely them. Some women who have shared my journey weren't homeschool moms, but they were attentive, loving moms who were trying to understand how to be in their families, learn what their responsibilities were to their kids and what they weren't, and try to find a place in their world outside their mom journey too. And some women who have shared this homeschool journey with me were homeschool moms, but didn't necessarily value the same things I valued. And some women did value some of the things I valued. But all of these women taught me how to be a mother to my kids and how to be a unique woman in my story. So consider connecting with other homeschool moms. You can also build resources or share resources exchanging curriculum recommendations or teaching strategies, maybe educational materials like we did in our local community just a couple days ago. And also we can sometimes share mothering philosophies, which significantly enhances our experience of this homeschool journey. Also consider connecting with other homeschool moms to learn more about other people's learning opportunities. Wow, homeschool moms are creative. When we connect with other homeschool moms, we are introduced to all sorts of different ideas, learning opportunities that we've not even considered. So join a co-op or organize your own field trips. I know we did for many years participate in a collaborative community called a musical theater program. It was amazing. And every one of our kids had some unique experiences within that program, but I did too. All these things, learning from other homeschool moms helped expose me to people who didn't necessarily see the world as I did and taught me that we all see the world differently, but we can coexist too, in or out of our homeschool community. And the third reason I think you need to connect with other homeschool moms is obviously for emotional support. Building a sense of community gives you that emotional support when unexpected stuff happens in life. Sharing the struggles and the wins helps you to figure out how to do this thing with more confidence. It helps you just know how to do it. Knowing I had a support system to turn to made homeschooling feel less isolating and more meaningful. Recently, when chatting with a homeschool mom in my local community, a mom who'd just begun her journey, she shared her intentions for her six-year-old, how she wants to encourage play and not worry about her son having to learn to read yet, despite her literature-rich home, despite her curiosity-based family approach. Yet she was still nervous about, is this the right thing for my kiddo? I could share from my vantage point that her approach was a great first step in her homeschool journey. On the same day, I had a conversation with two moms about how socially isolating homeschooling can be for them, not for their kids, as so many onlookers assume. 
I've had so many conversations with moms who need support during a challenging pregnancy and postpartum period. By the way, you know who you are recently, and I just want to say congratulations again. So exciting and welcome to the world, to your baby. Also, I've had many conversations with moms who wanted to determine if they wanted to stay in a partnered relationship. Some do, some don't, for different reasons. I've had conversations with moms learning how to relate to their challenging adolescents, learning how to accommodate kiddos with autism or ADHD, learning how to let go of their unrealistic expectations and learning where those expectations even originated and learning how to deal with her overwhelm as she experiences too much noise, kid conflict, and intense kids. Connecting with other homeschool moms has been instrumental for me, making me feel more connected and supported. You need that too. I share more about how to connect with other homeschool families on my website. Definitely check out the post, Crack the Loneliness Code, how to find homeschool community or how to build and create community as a homeschool mom. Homeschool help to reimagine your homeschool. How Rachel Gathercole clarifies my concerns on socialization. And do you need to take care of homeschool mama's socialization? Okay, the fifth and final way to create a personal vision is by leaning in to your strengths, interests, curiosities, and aptitudes, just like you do to encourage your kids. How did you answer the question, are you actively exploring and incorporating your strengths, interests, curiosities, and aptitudes in your life so you can nurture your personal vision? When you were eight, you didn't have a prescribed schedule on a Saturday afternoon, or at least I imagine you didn't. And you likely pursued all sorts of interests and curiosities that you just felt pleasurable and you thought were interesting for the simple sake of enjoying the thing. How and where are you doing those things now? Just like we don't need to encourage our kids to do deep dives, into their little rabbit holes of curiosity and encourage our kids to make those deep dives their life's intention or purpose. We don't need to do that for ourselves either. For instance, imagine a mom noticing her kid. That kid loves making slime. And then wondering if maybe that child should start a slime making company because for the next 80 years, she can deep dive her rabbit hole of slime making and live a meaningful life. Maybe your child will develop a slime making company, two of mine did, for a few months. But if your child just wants to make slime, isn't considering a long-term lifetime commitment to slime making, especially because they're eight or something, then why do you have to make a commitment to your interests and make them some big life purpose? Just do what you're doing because you enjoy it. Side note, in my experience, you do not want to make slime near a sink. It will clog your sink. Now, if you don't know where to start and you don't know what you'd like to do with your extra time, because I have conversations like that all the time with homeschool moms, consider doing these three things. You can use my UBU checklist where I help you consider your interests, your passions, your curiosities, if you haven't already discovered them. The second thing is to do a little experimentation. 
Once you've identified things that you might be interested in or your aptitudes, then schedule time and experiment with them. Maybe just 15 minutes a day, maybe 15 minutes a week. Maybe it's possible for you to even include your interest in your homeschool routine like I did. That's why we did so much classical music history and impressionist art history in our morning activities. Consider listening to my podcast episode discussing Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, to uncover your creativity. Because you have one. Yes, you do. No, really, you do. Really, really, you do. The third thought is to commit to continuous learning and growth. Maybe you want to take a course or a workshop. I know once upon a time, I attended a drawing class every Wednesday evening for two months, <laughs> which interrupted my typical Starbucks evening with a journal pen and pumpkin spice latte. I learned that drawing required a similar space or demand from my brain that I had once reserved temporarily for attempting to learn grade 12 math. I had joyfully left high school math in high school. Drawing was definitely a challenge for me, but I'd always wanted to learn how to do it. So I took the class and discovered that drawing is a learned skill. I was glad to experiment, but I didn't need to continue. So what might be some strengths or interests or passions you have that you want to include in your life? So grab your journals again and complete these four sentences. My personal vision for myself is dot, dot, dot. This is how I want to invest my life. Dot, dot, dot. In 10 years, I want to see myself dot, dot, dot. And these are the three things I need to do in response to this episode on creating a personal vision for me. Okay, I can't resist. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay, by incorporating boundaries, self-care, self-awareness strategies, connection with others, and pursuing your strengths and interests, you can create a homeschool mom personal vision that nurtures both you and your homeschool journey. So pardon me, but I'm off to a quiet lunch with my husband, a vigorous jump on the trampoline in the great outdoors because I still like doing that without the kids, and an afternoon of creative writing because I love me some writing. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what your personal interests are or the things that you're doing to help foster your personal vision in your homeschool mom life. If you want to support me, you could create a review on Apple or Spotify by sharing how this podcast episode has helped you or supported you and how you are going to include you in your homeschool life. Recently, I heard from Renee and I wanted to share her thoughts with you. She said, what a wonderful session we had together. Thank you. I really appreciated the ideas and questions you asked me. I also enjoyed your most recent podcast on streamlining your homeschool routines. Good food for thought there, especially after our last conversation. Here are some insights and follow-up from our time together. First off, I'm sitting at Panera right now on Saturday morning when typing this. 
I decided to tack on some time at the end of my grocery run to clear my head and do any type of work that I felt was difficult to do at home. Typically, I've just sat in the car, ate my breakfast while I was off to the next thing. Slowing it down a bit before all the Saturday work and to-dos and interactions ramp up when I get back home. I set the reminder on my phone, 3 p.m. each day. I'm planning to take a 5 to 10 minute pause. And regarding my project hour, it's a funny thing because I looked at the schedule or routine I had created for school days. There's a half hour scheduled project time in there at the end of the day prior to dinner prep. It comes on the heels of the time block I'd scheduled for our work on our business. And so it seems that I did take the time to schedule it in, but I've not been consistent in my mornings, which then snowballs into the afternoon, turning into makeup time from the morning. And there goes project time, out the window. I need to work on consistency or I need to change our schedule. Which of the two is correct, I'm not sure. Time blocking my more open evenings was also a great idea to be more intentional with the open weeknights. And the idea of having the kids take turns planning out some of that time was also a great idea. I've taken the time to time block out this morning, so I'm looking forward to giving it a try this week. Woohoo! I celebrate with Renee. She is figuring out how to live her life on purpose as a homeschool mom, eking out her personal vision. And I know that you can do that too. If you'd benefit from the UBU checklist, check out the five creative ways to design a homeschool mom personal vision podcast episode on my website, capturingthecharmlife.com. But until next week, I want for you and your homeschool kids to turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. You got this, girlfriend.